between my legs, between my legs, go. The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex.Life. So more and more little pets started appearing and some horses for the pony play. Sex.Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. Salam alaikum and namaste Aotearoa. Welcome to the Export Beer Garden Studio. Welcome to the headquarters of the Alternative Commentary Collective and welcome to the world's oldest specialty sports podcast, the BYC. I'm Paul Ford, the godfather of the Beige Brigade, and I'm joined by New Zealand's hardest working and most insomniacal, I think that's a word, sports <laughs> writing aficionado, the CEO of the illustrious The Bounce Substack newsletter. Morena to you, Dylan Cleaver. And it was a blue army in the New Zealand general election overnight, and it was a blue army at a Medabad in India overnight too, but also some sad medical news about steady the ship hitting the rocks and taking on some water through his thumb to extend the metaphor after an unfortunate cannonball from yeah. the Bangladeshi field uh, on Saturday morning. What's the story with uh, with our skipper? Yeah, look, we did discuss this um, in the last special uh, podcast that we did and how we hoped it uh, wouldn't be uh, news, bad news. Uh, this from the New Zealand Cricket Release. An X-ray has confirmed an undisplaced fracture to Kane Williamson's left thumb after he was struck by a throw while running between the wickets in Friday's match against Bangladesh in Chennai. Williamson will remain in the Black Caps ICC Cricket World Cup squad with the aim of being available for the back end of pool play next month. Tom Blundell will travel to India as cover but will not officially be part of the squad while Williamson rehabilitates the injury. And as we mentioned, Paul, just the sheer randomness of working your way methodically back from a serious knee injury, getting that time in the middle, looking exactly like you want Kane Williamson to look, and the way he goes down is a random throw from from the outfield. Um, So that's that's the diagnosis. I know that you've been looking at the prognosis, and, and you're quite positive about this, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> well, I am. I am. I mean, there's a chance. Let's put it that way. And yeah, as you say, I just feel so sorry for this bloke after seven months fighting back from the knee injury and batting, not fluently, but showing us what he can do even when he's not 100%. It just felt like there was this great narrative, this script building where Kane builds into the World Cup and then does some magic things towards the back end. And I guess that narrative could still apply, but gee, it's going to be a, a hell of a lot harder. And yeah, having a quick look um, through Dr. Google, <laughs> a uh, non-displaced uh, knee, uh, sorry, knee, a uh, thumb injury. Um, I, I guess he can talk to Tim Southey about this, but sort of three to six weeks. So three weeks at, at the good end of that uh, spectrum would put him back around the 4th of November, which would mean that he could potentially be back for the Pakistan game, potentially, and potentially the Sri Lanka game on the 9th is maybe the one that he's aiming for. But the other end of that spectrum is six weeks, and that would mean the 25th of November. So this could be the end of the tournament for Kane as well. Um, yeah, really difficult set of circumstances, but um, I guess he'll stay over there. He'll be our talisman. We talked about Shakib Halasan being that guy for uh, um, Bangladesh the other day. And, and uh, yeah, I guess the good news is the team have shown that they can win without him. So it's not yep. all doom and gloom. Yeah, look, I also wonder too um, – this is a Kane's last World Cup, probably. You'd assume so for guys like Southie and, and Bolt and Kane. Um, 
I'm wondering too, not being displaced, it means it's a crack essentially. There's a crack in the bone. Um, it hasn't had to be set, which is positive. As long as you can get some mobility there, I do wonder, uh, and it says left hand, not his right hand, I wonder if there's an opportunity for a couple of weeks rest and then a jabbing a needle into it. Probably not long-term best thing you can do for your thumb. But as I said, this is the last World Cup. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to end it sitting on a plastic chair in the hut watching someone else make the runs that he just loves making, you know, that he's born to make. So I'm a little bit hopeful. I'm saying two weeks and a needle. (laughs) Well, as you text me, you know, Buck Shelford played with one testicle and I did look that up and he only played for 60 minutes still in Cleaver, not for six weeks. But uh, look, yeah, if there's ever a time to get the needle out, it's Kane Williamson in an Indian World Cup um, with a couple of games to go. And uh, Jeepers, what an amazing story that would be. Um, Yeah, so... uh, Good luck. Godspeed with the convalescence, Kane. Um, we need you back, mate. So uh, get get uh, stay fit. At least we know, as you mentioned the other day, he will be um, extremely committed to that rehabilitation, Dylan. And I, I do trust him to stick to the script on that one. And look, um, it's, as you mentioned before, it's a simple fix too, right? In terms of the short term, Will Young comes back into opening, Ratchin drops down to three. I think we're all assuming that's what's going to happen. Although our assumption for the selection for the last match didn't work out <laughs> particularly well, but but this one seems a little bit more nailed on, I would have thought. Well, we can't watch more cricket, so I don't know how we're going to start make, getting these things right, Dylan. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to guess, guess it a bit more correctly. Uh, speaking of scripts and games following scripts, overnight, uh, the Balloon Army that I mentioned, India were quite extraordinary. Uh, the crowd was quite extraordinary um, and a very, very one-sided game. Um, but it wasn't sort of like that for the first period of the match, Dylan. How did you, how did you see it? Yeah, I found the whole experience, and and to qualify this, this experience is from my own blue couch. So um, (laughs) I might have felt felt completely different on the ground there. But the whole experience just felt a little disorienting. And what I mean by that is that, look, I'm going to have a little Skype reel here. In 2015, I was fortunate enough to go to India-Pakistan at the Cricket World Cup at Adelaide Oval. The whole day was just magnificent. One of my favourite cricket days that I've ever been to. And and I know India won, but that's all I can remember about the actual cricket from that game. I can remember the walk there through North Adelaide to get to the Adelaide Oval. I can remember like leaving the ground after filing, so much later than the game, and there's still just being a sea of green and blue people everywhere. There was... You know, I have a small sample size, but I didn't see any angst, anything other than just a celebration of cricket. It didn't look like that there because we were missing something. And what we were missing was green, basically. It was a sea of blue. It was 100,000 blue shirts, and the camera was painstakingly trying to find these (laughs) tiny little pockets of Pakistan support in the crowd. So from that perspective, it felt less like a kind of a – a massive contest than it was a coronation, a, a um, symbolic uh, sh- a show of might from India, mm. playing in front of a hundred thousand fans in the biggest cricket stadium in the world and the cr- biggest cricket match of of this World Cup, uh, the final. Yet it was all about India, and unfortunately, the game was too. Um, you know, after an hour and a half where I thought Pakistan batted really well, losing the toss being put in, Bar- Barbara Assam looked like he was working his way into form. 
Um, Abdullah Shafiq looked good at the top of, with a cameo. Uh, Ayman Al-Haq looked good. Uh, and then it just was the wheels started to fall off a bit. Rizwan got in and then he got a little bit bogged down. Then Baba Razan went out to a funny shot and then it was just, you know, an epic collapse and some quite fantastic uh, Indian bowling in there as well from Coldeep and Jesper Bumrah. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, I've been doing my uh, Uber driver cricket survey over the last couple of weeks. And uh, my question that I've been asking the Uber drivers, obviously not the Croatian ones, only the Indian and Pakistani ones, um, is would they rather win the World Cup or beat India or Pakistan? And to a man, and they've all been men, to a man, they've all said that they would rather beat India or Pakistan than win the World Cup. So I guess it just shows the depth of passion, the depth of feeling, and the Indians very, very keen to maintain their 8-0 and record against Pakistan. And, yeah, unfortunately, I guess from a from a neutral point of view, I'm, I, I mean, I didn't really care if India won or Pakistan, but I, what I really didn't want to see was a one-sided drubbing um, which is pretty much how it how it shaped up, and yeah, that's that, that. As you say, Pakistan just started beautifully, and the crowd was very rowdy, and then was started to get pretty quiet, and then the collapse. Holy moly! From 155 for two to 191 all out, um, and there was this the moment. I think it was it was it sold. I think that's how you say it, and it was yep. cool deep. It was in his eighth over. He had none for 27 at that time. So they were sort of doing a good job of keeping him at bay, but certainly not sort of smashing him around. And um, yeah, when, when he got out, there was, you could see Rohit Sharma drop, did a drop punch. And it just felt like that was where things turned from, you know, 155 for two, then they're 162 for four in the 33rd over. The de- decision gets reversed. It was a great review. And um, Maris Erasmus puts his finger up and then, you know, a, a few balls later, if the car gets bowled around, bowled around his legs off for maybe a potential wide, there's the yeah, airplane that, that celebration. Yeah, was the one unlucky one, probably. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, the cool deep chant goes up and yeah. the ground MC is going off his tits and he ends up with two <laughs> for 35 off 10 overs. And then Boomer, holy, uh, Boomer was uh, fantastic in this game. On this week's episode of Between Two Bears, we hear Megan Compain's remarkable journey from basketball Hall of Famer to All Blacks commercial manager and all the best stories in between. And and Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people, and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzzer of a shot and took it back to game six where I think they won in, in Chicago. So we sort of crossed in the in the hallway. And it was just sort of one of those, whoa, like if I was on, you know, back at, if it was now, you'd be snapping away, like yeah. social media. Between Two Beers, listen on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts. Shared Lunch is your chance to see behind the share price of the companies you invest in. I'm not sure that 2024 will be a year that people remember fondly. Hear from CEOs and experts with a fresh take on what's happening in the markets here and abroad. There are a number of reasons that you might hold Bitcoin. It's often described as digital gold. Shared Lunch from Sharesies with Business Desk. You know, the World Bank is uh, reported as saying that we're probably three years into five very difficult years. Where are the, where are the opportunities for people here? When it comes to investing, we'll always always bring something to the table listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts yeah a lot of stumps were shattered or actually not even shattered a lot of stumps were glanced with just perfectly pitched balls clipping the top of off bail um yeah yeah it's an awkward weakness to have as a batting lineup that you miss straight balls (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is um Boomer was talking after the match you know he, he was getting reverse swing and then that delivery was it? Um, I can't remember who it was. Was it Shadab? I think the 122 kilometer hour 
off cutter. Oh, Rizwan. Rizwan, was it? Yeah, yeah. Through the gate of Rizwan, yeah, that was a great delivery. Absolutely um, fantastic. And I guess that's the thing. You've got um, Boomer, you've got Deep, and you've got Jadeja, you know, going at sort of three and four runs per over, you know, 30 overs for under 120. You're going to be in the box seat from a bowling point of view in a a lot of games. Mm. And, And obviously India chased down the total with ridiculous ease, 192 for three after 30.3 overs. Uh, nothing really to smile about in the Pakistan bowling. Uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi got a couple of kind of cheap wickets towards towards the end there. But um, just a couple of words, Paul, on on Rohit Sharma, who you know, started a, started the tournament with a duck, and since then seems to have done nothing except hit sixes, which he does quite extraordinarily well and extraordinarily beautifully. You know, there are sixes and then there are sixes. And Rowett's definitely on the aesthetically pleasing end of that scale. Oh, some of those shots. I've got a couple of words uh, for you on Rohit Sharma. What about authoritative, uh, brutal and uh, superb? And often bats almost in slow motion. You know, those short balls, you know, a short ball, 140 Ks or whatever coming in from Shane Shahafridi, just just sort of leans across and just whips it over, you know, backward square leg, 50 rows up. I mean, quite amazing and uh, superb timing and just absolutely uh, brutal and looked quite aggressive, you know, using his feet coming down. Um, Gil, remarkable recovery from dengue fever. And uh, he looked silky as always to whack four fours in the first two overs. And I guess, you know, from there on, it just felt a bit like a procession. Uh, Shreyas I was good. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, it, it felt like a T20 chase. I mean, I think they were 160 something after 20 overs. So yeah. yeah, they were just playing T20. Um, you know, the default the default mode of cricket, as we've talked about before. I, I think they did get into net run rate mode, and it's quite a curious phenomenon, isn't it? And these. Um, pool matches that it's not enough to win you have to really <laughs> you have to win quite brutally uh, but I guess Pakistan wouldn't be one of those teams that you would have picked as a net run rate game uh, just as England would never have been picked as uh, a game for New Zealand to target for net run rate so it'd be, be, be pretty cocky calling that out ahead of the game yeah look we're really hoping to beat England and we're really hoping to beat uh, Pakistan and get our net run rate up I mean <laughs> yeah yeah it would be uh, I think a reasonably provocative thing to say um, do you think Last question on this one, Dylan. Do you think that India have sent the signal that they're extraordinary, or do you think, and you know, obviously they're to be feared in their home tournament, but was this one of those performances that will send teams quivering, or were Pakistan so below par that it's hard to read too much into it? Uh, no, I think India pretty, pretty awesome, pretty awesome at home. Um, yeah, there's not many chinks in that armor, is there? Like, yeah. It, Going back to, you know, old cliches from the past, you felt that India maybe had one decent seamer. If you saw off Kapil Dev or Yavagal Srinath, then then really it just came down to how you um, nerdled around the spin. You can't do that with them now. There's, they've got Jadeja bowling flat left-arm orthodox. They've got Kuldi bowling left-arm wrist spin. They, they can leave Ravi Ashwin on the sidelines. They've got... They can leave Muhammad Shami on the sideline. They've got Jasper Bruma. There's no holes now to... Isn't it, look... I don't know what you do in a strategy meeting before you face India. Where do you look at? Where do you say, okay, this is where we're going to attack him? Maybe that fifth bowler, maybe Hardik Pandya is a guy that is going to be targeted more and more, but he's a good enough cricketer to still hurt you. You know, that, 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 that it's a really good point. I mean, you look at um, 
Pandia and Jadeja. I mean, they're, they're their fourth and fifth bowling options. Um, jeepers. Yeah. Wouldn't mind wouldn't mind having them in the in the arsenal. I'd say most most teams would probably be quite keen to have them uh probably in their first three bowlers, not let alone the, you know, having to bowl a few overs in the in the middle order. Yeah, they, they are looking pretty bloody good. Um yes. Anyway, I guess that's uh that, that that's that. And I think you I think you caught some white ferns action overnight, Dylan, as well. Yeah, not not as much as I would have liked, but um probably because I just assumed they weren't gonna play again. But for the uh, luckily fourth time lucky, they got not only on the field but they got a completed game. And they, to their credit, uh, they chased down their highest ever chase in the T Twenty International. So set one seventy three to win at Benoni. They got there, you know, with only two wickets down, thanks to unbeaten seventy from Melly Kerr and sixty odd from Sophie Devine. So, you know, we uh, sometimes I tend to get a little bit cynical about the white fans relying so heavily on a couple of seasoned players um well they've done it again here and fair play to them that's right i think i saw it was a, a record partnership for the third wicket for the women's team so yeah 125 i think yeah yeah right and was it unbeaten or no did they get no they're both unbeaten yeah unbeaten. yeah so yeah so, so susie bates and uh anderson were the only wickets to fall um anderson got a few bates um missed out but yeah, so they can't be beaten in this series. <laughs> I'd suggest to you that's one of the least watched cricket games of all time, uh, given that the whole cricketing uh, universe was focused on Ahmedabad. Um, hey, just before we go very quickly, uh, what have we got coming up? It, it looks like, uh, I think it's Afghanistan versus England and Wales tonight. And yes. some terrible news out of Afghanistan. Um, earthquakes, a thousand people dead during the week. Um you know, I guess, as it says uh, in Crick Info today, does tend to put things in perspective um, and you can't really worry too much about the form of Rashid Khan when you've got horrendous things like that uh, going on. But uh, hopefully they can turn in a performance to, to lift the spirits of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, they were always going to struggle at this World Cup. I think I've, I've noted that their batting is just so top-heavy that if the openers don't score, they, they really struggle. But I didn't anticipate was Rashid Khan um, probably being so down on form but then again that could be a symptom of the team overall that teams know that you know if you get through Rashid you're, you're home and dry really so yeah I'd just like to see a good performance just a good game of cricket batting I think uh, meant to be a bit of a batting paradise there in Delhi uh, then Monday night it's Australia versus Sri Lanka and I think I just saw that the Sri Lankan captain's been ruled out for the rest of the tournament so they're going to miss a, a, a chunk of their batting having had a lot of their bowling on the sidelines too so terrible news for Sri Lanka they uh they're scoring a, a lot of runs conceding a lot of runs and you think that they'll probably tip some team up at some point but uh jeepers they're going to do it they're doing it they're very much doing it the hard way um yeah we're uh, into must win territory now though for Australia as as ridiculous as that sounds um having played two matches but they really they have to win this one yeah they're absolute dogs breakfast as we talked about uh yesterday uh tuesday night south africa versus netherlands and then on wednesday the byc will be back and we'll be previewing the new zealand versus afghanistan game uh good news as as mentioned uh earlier new zealand don't have to travel for this game so um just hanging about in, in chennai and uh yeah it's 9 30 wednesday night so we'll be previewing that on wednesday I think Jason Hood will be back for that one um, and we'll be checking in on him. And uh, yeah, it's a, another another big week, but uh, maybe a couple of nights sleep, Dylan, and you'll be back uh, fresh as a daisy come Wednesday. Oh, I can't wait, man. <laughs> Go on the Black Caps. <laughs>